The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing this rainy dull Cincinnati afternoon for those of you who are listening uh, on the web at wmkvfm.org if you are someplace other than Cincinnati today probably yay for you (laughs) all we can see out there is gray and drab Uh, however of course everything is sunny and bright on the program today got a couple of quick announcements before we dive into our topic Uh, The Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati has its uh, first meeting for the month of November coming up tomorrow night. The uh, topic at the main meeting at 730 is how to stock properties, how to find out basically everything you want to know about a property or its owner or its value or what's owed on it or just about anything you want just by looking at the right websites and frankly the right Websites might not be the first couple that you think about when you think about real estate websites. Uh, Early meeting is um, Best Exit Strategies Smackdown. It's going to be a a debate between some folks from the association who are um, fans of particular exit strategies. So wholesaler, retailer, note buyer, uh, uh, landlord, lease option person, and they are going to discuss and debate and answer your questions about which strategy is the absolute best one. So you can get more information about that meeting and download a free guest pass if you are a first-time guest at CincinnatiRIA.com. That is Cincinnati, R-E-I-A.com. And of course, coming up in just a little over a week, eight days now, is the big National Real Estate Strategy Summit held here in Cincinnati. We've got uh, over 650 people registered already. And of course, here in the last week, that's when people finally wake up and go, huh, I've been meaning to sign up for that. And I have not done it. Um, 15 top experts on topics ranging from how to raise money from partners and private lenders to how to turn your rentals into more profitable Airbnbs, uh, how to wholesale properties, retail properties, build your wealth. Um, and the best part of it is, of course, the going to be over 700 by next week. Um, other real estate investors from all over the United States there to network with and encourage you and become resources for you and all of those sorts of things we have here at the station one ticket left we have one ticket left at the 
uh, at the early bird price, which gosh, that expired like September 1st or something of $157 to come to this event. And uh, somebody needs to get that because I mean, we've had all these people signing up at, the, at full price and one with full price is 197. We've had all these people in the last two months calling up and giving us credit cards for $197. There's this poor little lonely ticket sitting here at the station, ready, ready to go into equipment and airtime and salaries for the engineers and all the things that public radio needs money for. And you guys are just letting it lay here. I don't understand. Get it at wmkvfm.org. As long if you're listening to this on the podcast and you go there and the little thingy isn't up there on the front page anymore, it's gone. But uh, if you get that right now, I can guarantee you that not only are you going to have the time of your life at this event, but also um, you're going to have uh, a cheaper price than everybody else. So don't don't make them jealous, but do get the ticket. Uh, so one of the one of the um, things that we always try and bring to the National Real Estate Summit um, is not not just the hardcore like here's the strategy and here's the tactic and here's how you go out and find a deal and how you finance it and how you sell it and how you make money on it, but we we also always try to include an element that is at least as important, but probably more important than education, which is a mindset element because um, y'all have all been to classes where there's a hundred people in the class and you sit there for three days and you learn about how to do whatever. And you know perfectly well that when you run into 80 of your hundred classmates a year later, they will have literally done nothing with the information. Like, like, like they've, they've got it. They, they're not stupid. They, they understood what they heard. They have the resources and yet they have not in any way applied them. So you have to ask yourself the question, what is the difference between the people who hear the same thing and run off and develop high incomes or get wealthy with that information versus the ones who hear it and they get honestly, absolutely nowhere with it because they never managed to pull it together to take action on it. Our instructor this year on that topic is Dr. Steve Taubman, who is an interesting, interesting um, set of professions and interesting uh, backstory. Um, Steve had a lot of anxiety and depression and self-esteem during his early years. And despite the fact that he looked accomplished from the outside, he graduated valedictorian from one of the nation's top chiropractic colleges. Uh, He had issues with with that inner game, with that inner self. So he's been on a 30-year journey to understand the roots of all of that. And he's going to be uh, sharing his (laughs) lengthy uh, discoveries and systems for how you can just kind of get out of your own way, keep it together, keep it balanced, do what you need to do. And he's joining us by phone today here on Real Life Real Estate. Uh, welcome to Real Life Real Estate, Dr. Talman. Well, hi. <laughs> what a pleasure to be with you, Vina. Thank you. And uh, I'm very, I'm very glad to have you. Um, I know that here on the show we should spend more time on this topic because I assume. I, I, first of all, we should say. You don't just work with real estate investors. You you work with 
professionals in in all kinds of jobs and also businesses. So it's not like you probably haven't seen what goes on in our business before in other businesses where people, you know, they seem to have every advantage and every resource and somehow they can't get out of their own way. Right. I mean, you know, the, the, the issues that face uh, real estate investors are the same issues that face uh, community bankers and healthcare workers and uh, salespeople of all uh, walks of life. Uh, these are the same, you know, kind of common denominators. Uh, and I've done a lot of work in real estate, but I've done a lot of work with, uh, with the banking industry and the healthcare industry and uh, all sorts of others. And, and it's really fascinating how we as human beings, I mean, first and foremost, we're human beings, right? And then after that, we are whatever we've chosen to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so your, your thing, right, everybody's got a thing, is thing. something called unhypnosis. <laughs> can, yeah, yeah. Can you explain what unhypnosis is? Sure, absolutely. Well, um, you know, this is fun for me because we're pivoting from, you know, from the typical um, business-related conversation into something that's more or less about psychology. And I always feel like uh, like Billy Crystal and analyze this, right? You know? <laughs> All of a sudden, this guy's coming along to talk about uh, the inner workings of my mind. But, but it's really important because in the work that I've done over the course of the last 20-something years, I've discovered that there's a certain kind of commonality between very successful people in a wide variety of industries. And it has to do with the way they think what their beliefs are, and also how they relate to their own beliefs. So this idea of unhypnosis comes from, um, from my personal experience of, of performing hypnosis shows, which was my, uh, my previous primary career. So I spent a number of years as, uh, as a popular stage hypnotist. I was the official hypnotist for MTV Spring Break. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll give you a moment to get the visual. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, uh, and in the midst of one of these shows, what happened was I, I took one of my subjects, and I, you know, I, I was doing all the funny things that most people have seen in hypnosis shows. I've got people milking cows and conducting orchestras, and I've got one guy thinks he's uh, pregnant, <laughs> another guy thinks he's the father. And, and in the midst of this show, I, I, I took one of my subjects, and I said, when you wake up, three things are going to happen. And I said, number one, you don't believe you're hypnotized, even though you are. And I said, number two, this is the worst show you've ever seen, and you're aggravated with me. And number three, there's an invisible wall three feet in front of you. <laughs> so now bear in mind, I had never done this before. This was an experiment on stage. So I woke everybody up, and I said, how's everybody doing? And everybody said, we're great. And this one guy screams, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> so luckily, it was him. Uh, and I said, uh, what, what's the problem? He said, the show's terrible. I said, well, then go ahead and leave. And the guy gets up, and he takes three steps, and he hits the invisible wall. And he can't get beyond it. He just keeps pushing and pushing. And he finally sits down, crosses his arms, and starts to pout. And I said, what's the matter? He says, nothing. <laughs> I said, are you, are you having fun? He says, no. I said, are you, are you hypnotized? He says, no. And I said, well, why don't you leave? And he thinks for a minute, and he comes back with uh, this. He says, I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, it really clicked in my mind because I recognized that this is, this is really um, the, the unstated what? challenge that we professionals face in our business lives and, and as well as in our personal lives is that we have a goal, we have a dream, we have a, an image of what we want, where we want to go, and we start moving towards it. But then we have these invisible walls. We have these sort of unspoken 
uh, hidden subconscious, if you will, barriers to our own success that come in the form of negative beliefs, attitudes, habits, and they stop us in our tracks. And, and what I've experienced and what I've discovered is that when, when I start scratching the surface and find out why people are not as successful as they could be in real estate or any other industry for that matter, what I usually come out and find out is that they're not undereducated. They know how to do it. There's something stopping them from doing it. Mm-hmm. There's some kind of a mental barrier. It might show up in the form of insecurity, a lack of courage. Uh, maybe their their radar isn't out properly, so they miss opportunities. And uh, and and then they, especially for investors who need to be able to think on their feet and 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 make snap decisions, and sometimes, of course, informed decisions, but be willing to take the chance. There's a kind of there's a quality of courage and a quality of, of perseverance that we sometimes lack when we're still in that hypnotic state, when we're still operating on old mental programs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so we're looking at what does it take to be successful? What does it take to be one of those high performers? That, you know, because in every industry there are high performers. And I started interviewing these people, and, and of course in my business I get to spend a lot of time with highly successful people. And what I discovered is that pretty much everybody who's highly successful and I'm going to say this, it's going to sound kind of funny, but it's really true, hypnotize themselves. Now, they don't call it that. Nobody says, I hypnotize myself. I mean, some might, but in, in reality, most people who are highly successful, they've discovered some method for doing what a hypnotist does. And what that means is putting yourself in a relaxed, open-minded state, letting go of negative beliefs, and then re-implanting positive ones uh, in a way that they stick. And so that's the technology that I teach, and that's what we've spent the last uh, 20-something years uh, helping industries uh, recognize, is that if you, can, if you can find that key and put it in the lock, people begin to, to uh, operate at a higher level of, of performance. And, and now we're starting to uh, develop uh, partnerships with uh, top um, uh, sales trainers, like uh, right now I'm working with Steve Siebold from Mental Toughness University. And we're seeing all these specific uh, ways that people stop themselves, and we're, you know, we've got methodologies to get past those. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I want to actually want to dig a lot more deeply into that as soon as yeah, we take means- a quick break. I also very much want to invite listeners to. Uh, call or feel free to email um, with any questions that you have because you know it is really rare that I talk to a real estate investor who's not getting what they want whether that's their first deal or whether that's growing their business who when I say well what's stopping you doesn't kind of you know cast their eyes down and smile a little and say well it's me of course but if you really if you really believe that um, this might be a good day to call and talk about it uh, the number is 877-772-9658. You can also send us an email. Just send it to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, talking today to Dr. Steve Taubman, who is our our get-your-head-on-straight expert at the... Uh, 2017 National Real Estate Strategy Summit. Um, interestingly, so so uh, so that people don't get surprised by this, Steve, what you're actually doing is on Saturday night you are hypnotizing them 
and then on Sunday morning you're telling them how to get unhypnotized. That's a great way of putting it. I'm, you know, on Saturday night I'm hypnotizing them, and on Sunday I'm going to wake them up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you... So just so you know, I'm not hypnotizing everybody. I'm hypnotizing volunteers who'd like to come up and experience it and explore the state of consciousness. A lot of people are afraid of hypnosis for no reason. Uh, the reality of hypnosis is that it's it's simply a form of accelerated learning. And what it means is that we're teaching people uh, a t- tool and uh, demonstrating a tool to people that allows them to gain uh, a, heightened, uh, a heightened access to their imagination through relaxed concentration. Mm-hmm. So by creating relaxation and concentration, we heighten imagination. Well, we all know, or I think most of us know, that the more you're able to use your imagination, the more clearly you can see your outcomes and your goals. And there's just all sorts of research now on, um, on what happens when people are able to clearly envision the outcome they want. They, they're much more likely to achieve it. And it's, it's a fascinating study in itself. Mm-hmm. And hypnosis is fun. And we've all been hypnotized. I mean, no, there's nobody who hasn't had that experience of looking up and going, how did I get home? I don't remember driving. Well, that's it. You know, we don't realize how often we spend in a trance, and we do. We're, we're entranced a good portion of our day, some say 40 to 70% of our day, uh, we're on automatic. We're kind of sleepwalking through life. And uh, not that we're aspiring to sleepwalk through our life any more than we already are, but it's useful when you know what state you're in and what value there is in being in that state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As, well, a, as a professional, as an investor, it's very useful to know how to put yourself into a, into a heightened imaginative state in order to create the image you want and then to wake up so you have what we in the mental toughness world uh, call a recognition of objective reality. Mm-hmm. See, what I know, one thing that we find among very successful people is the world-class performers operate on objective reality. They, they don't delude themselves into believing that they're better than they are or that they're working harder than they are or that somebody else is responsible for their success. Right, right. And, 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 I, and I have to tell you, okay, first of all, I will admit <clears throat> that as a... Um, a, a, a devoted uh, intellectual logician type of person, having these conversations actually makes me a little uncomfortable. I, I, I always feel like I'm, I always feel like I'm half a step from from going all woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> but at the at the same time, at the same time, I will say that I have spent a lot of the last six weeks uh, going around to different associations telling people that if if that real estate investing no matter what you might have heard on some infomercial is not no work like it, it, it doesn't matter how you approach it there's no strategy that's like well I don't really have to do anything and I'm going to get rich in fact there's there's nothing in the whole world like that real estate investing or anything else there's no I, I have to put no effort forward and I am guaranteed to get rich except being born to somebody rich but you already know if you've lucked into that position or not so what what I've what I've been telling people is you you come to the convention so that you can learn what the work is and how to do it. But it's not going to be enough for you to wake up in the morning and go, "Okay, so I have to do this work." That it's not it's not it it's it's hard enough that that's not going to get you through. Well, I equate this uh Vina to exercise. You know, you can go to a seminar about how to do exercise, and you could come home the next day and say, well, thank goodness I went to that seminar about how to do exercise because now my muscles are getting bigger. 
Right. <laughs> it would be pure you know, foolishness because, you know, this is the first step is understanding where you're going and what's stopping you and, and what it takes to get there. But until, if that's the only step you take and you don't do your inner work. You don't do your inner push-ups, so to speak. You can't really expect anything to happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's and going back to your statement that you made a couple of minute, minutes ago about being able to envision where all this is leading. Yeah, that is that in my experience is what it takes to get people to get up in the morning and do the stuff they don't want to do. Right? Do do the make the offer to the seller that's less than what the seller wants. Well, in in this moment, I don't want to do that because the seller might be upset with me and I might offend the seller and and they'll probably say no. So why am I going to bother? Well, the reason I'm going to bother is because I can clearly envision where all this is leading. Five years yeah. up the road, like 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 when when you say envision, you mean like smell it, see it, taste it, feel it. Yeah, we had a client, um, Mental Toughness University, not long ago, who um, had a bonus program for uh, it, was, it was you know kind of an incentive, end of year incentive, and it was a trip, uh, one of these you know cruise trips to the Caribbean or something. And and the year before we came along, nobody won it. It was like there was this great cruise and. Nobody wanted because, mm-hmm. you know, they just didn't do whatever it took to reach that, that goal, that milestone. And so what we did was we had the entire sales team um, watch a little video of the trip, you know, kind of uh, one, mm-hmm. like, a, like a travel brochure, like a video travel brochure of, of what the trip would be. And 10 people won it. Interesting. Interesting. So why is that? I mean, I'm not, I'm not one of those woo-woo uh, law of attraction people who says if you could see it, it happens. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that if it's part of your vision, it's going to influence what you do. Right, exactly. And, and it's going to get you through those times when you're frustrated or bored or fearful or w- yeah. whatever. So, yeah, um, good stuff. Uh, we need to go to the phones. Uh, we've got Portia calling on line one from Baltimore. Portia, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hey, Vina. Hello. My question's for the doctor. Here's the thing. I've done some deals, but I do still have that fear. And I'm trying to overcome it. But when I examine myself, I think my, well, I know my fear comes from not fully being financially ready. Like before I do a deal, I have to have enough reserves to cover. So is that a bad thing? I know that sounds really silly, but it's like I feel like that's a hindrance that holds me back. But I feel like it's a healthy hindrance. Can I can I ask you a quick question, Portia? What yes, ma'am. what what kind of deal are you doing? Are you doing? I flip. Like, okay, so you're you're buying, fixing, and reselling, and yes. and you're saying that you don't feel like you can step out and even start looking at deals or making offers until you have all the money kind of already in place. Like enough reserves. Like for instance, when you talk to the money lenders, they look for you to have mm-hmm. that cushion just to cover the payments and stuff like that. So you have your basis that you you know you need, and then they also look. And I think they're right because when I've done those flips, something will happen, electricity or whatever, and it's that thing that carries you through until your money loan, mm-hmm. you know, your next installment can come through. Mm-hmm. But it's still a fear. So so t- t- tell me tell me Portia how this fear feels. Does it feel like like crippling, paralyzing, like I don't have the I don't have the money and therefore I'm not good enough or does it feel like I don't have the money and therefore let me do the thing I need to do to go get the money? Combination of both, but more so the let me go get the money. But it's that fear like for instance like I'm standing on the sink three o'clock in the morning like, Oh god, my house needs to sell 
that type of thing or when a contract is that crazy and you got to fire them or bring another <laughs> one on mm-hmm. where, <laughs> where if you have all the money like for instance if I had the money that it took to finance the whole flip I don't believe I will be nervous because I feel like I have control I know I have control issues but I think they're healthy because you can lose money in this you know what I mean yeah and well, I thank God that I still have my day job while I'm doing this because my day job has had to cover some of those you know, lapse in mm-hmm. funding. Mm-hmm. And let me ask you one more question, then I'm going to bat this over to the guy who's actually the expert on it. Um, are you afraid that if you let go of the fear, something bad would happen? Like, are you afraid if you weren't afraid that you might, like, make a big mistake? I think it comes from my childhood for growing up hungry and remembering how it is to be scared. And my ultimate fear is homelessness. So it's like if when I get to the point where I can step out on faith where I have enough skills thanks to you, and other mentors I've had, I I know I have the ability, honestly, thanks to you and other mentors I have, but it's that fear of, like, what if I fail? What if I lose everything I have? What if my, you know, homeless? Um, Because I'm not a kid anymore. I'm, like, 47. You understand? Yeah, and you have, and you, the good news is you clearly have a a, a high IQ and a lot of imagination because the idea that, like, one flip is going to send me back to homelessness that takes a lot of imagination, Portia. <laughs> that's 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 a that's a big leap right well, there. <laughs> it's not that one flip, Dina. It's more the fact that I know that when I leave my job and I do this full time, that's it. There's no safety net. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is you're you're just that's it, man. Yeah, I hear you. All right. So, Steve, what do you think? Well, first, I think that was just delightful to listen to. Um, for uh, you know, to listen to uh, you, Vina, kind of uh, asking some some important questions that would have been among my questions as well. Um, so, so Portia, what I uh, what what Vina was getting at, and I think it's a really important thing to uh, to play with is, yeah, there's a difference between out and out fear, which is you know sort of an emotionally crippling emotion, and um, being you know being judicious, being kind of like looking at the situation and, and deliberating about it. And it sounds to me like you're sort of you're on a fence right now. Like part of your motivation is you're just trying to be logical and and uh, and careful and not make big dis- make make big mistakes. And I think that that's uh, that's reasonable. That's a good thing for you to have in the back of your mind. But when it tips over onto the other side of the fence, where what you're feeling is 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 emotionally um, somewhat either crippled by it or even simply catastrophizing. You know what I mean? Like making it into a catastrophe. So like what Vina just said about you need a lot of imagination to be able to imagine that a bad flip is going to throw you into homelessness. It's, it's really not going to happen. My recommendation for you is, um, is that you make better use of the people you trust and believe in around you who, are, who have done this and who have courage but wisdom, somebody like Vina. Right and other the other people and maybe you have an investors group. So you're you're doing your due diligence. You're not like being um, a maverick. You're not being like foolhardy. But when you feel the fear, this is the the beauty of being in business in a business where um, where you're challenged. You know I think and maybe this is some people will think this sounds a little woo woo, but I think it's absolutely true. We, we end up choosing the things we do in life because they put us up against our own challenges. They force us to grow. You're being forced to grow. You're being forced to turn the page on your, your homelessness background, to look at yourself uh, bigger, 
with with greater courage and greater possibility and 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 making a bigger difference in the world because let's face it there's a lot more to this business than just making money you're influencing yeah. people's lives you're helping other people not be homeless so what an opportunity and when fear is the thing that's stopping you when fear is uh is crippling you then that's where you're going to want to start using some of the tools that we'll talk about you know at the conference and i'll certainly uh, share in, in subsequent uh, broadcasts or, or, or um, uh, blogs or whatever, but we want you to learn how to manage your fear, how to be with fear, uh, how to, you know, as they say, feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and so my question for you is, are you willing um, to, to believe that a big chunk of what's stopping you isn't rational, but it's just old stuff? No, I ain't there yet. <laughs> <laughs> let me, let me. Well, then let's then let's use this as an opportunity to to vanquish the old stuff. Yes, you'll still have some of those fearful feelings, but you'll be able to do your due diligence and find out if it's logical fear, or you know sometimes what feels like fear is really just excitement. Mm-hmm. It's it's an energy, and that's a good energy. Sometimes you know, like I go on stage, I feel a little bit of that before I go on stage. And it's a little bit of fear, but it's a little bit of excitement. Like, what's going to happen? I don't know, but I'm kind of glad to find out. It is like that. It really is yeah, like well, that. Yeah, well, that's a so great like, right thing. Now, yeah, I'm I looking for my I, next deal right now. Yeah. But it is that fear, because, you know, those notes come due, and and yeah. sometimes, you know, your buyer, the agents and all, they get a little flaky on you, so it is that fear. Well, um, let me let me give you two pieces of advice, one real estate-related and one personal, Portia. No, okay. Number one is um, you need you need to start developing some private lenders where you control the terms of the loan. Okay. I, I think you would feel better about this if there wasn't a balloon in six months. Yeah. Okay. You know, if it was if it was, look, dude, my plan is to pay you back in in six months, but you know how the market is. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for the money for three years, and probably I will sell it within six months. But you know, I want to give both you and me the breathing room to know. That if the first buyer that comes along doesn't work out, I got time to get a second one. In the meantime, you'll still get your payments, right? Because that's a, that's a conversation you can't really have with a hard money lender, which is what I suspect you're using right now. Mm-hmm. But it's one you can easily have with a private lender. Okay. And they and and honestly, private lenders because they're not in the money, they're not in the business of churning their money. You realize the hard money lenders, a lot of the money they make is in the points, right? Yeah. So that a lot of the money they make is when they make the loan, and so they want the money back so they can go make the loan again. Private lenders aren't like that. Private lenders don't get points. Okay. They're in it for the investment. You're not. You're not absorbing this right now. I can tell you're like I don't know anybody. No, who's no, gonna, no. I do get you. <laughs> who's going to do this? But trust me, if you just start putting feelers out and say, "This is what Alan Cowgill is going to talk about at the convention," girl, you need to come down here to the convention. That's what you need to do. <laughs> Um, Alan, Alan Cowgill is going to talk about that part of it, you know, just, just approaching people and saying, look, do you want, do you want to have a real estate backed loan where you're getting a nice rate of return, which honestly for a private lender, a nice rate of return is eight to 10, not 12 to 15%. Mm -hmm. And, and you get to control the length of the loan. I think part of this is you're, you're, you're under pressure by an industry that is a great industry. I'm not, nothing against hard money lenders, but in your particular case, it's adding a, a layer of anxiety to all of this that, you know, would go away if you had private lenders. The the other thing is, and maybe this lands with you and maybe it doesn't, I don't know, for years, and I'm talking about 
up until about four or five years ago, I felt like I felt like my my anxiety protected me from doing anything stupid. Like I was I, like I would get like super worried about every deal that I make the right offer. Am I going to be able to make the payments? Am I going to be able to get it rented? And this was after being in business for 15 years. And I finally realized that I felt like if I wasn't afraid, then I was going to, I was going to like loosen up my standards and I was going to mess up. And, you know, I also, I also grew up in a household where the, the term bankruptcy was mentioned a lot. And, you know, we didn't, we had, we had tongue every Tuesday because, it was the cheapest meat at the butcher's counter and, and, and like, and I didn't even know what I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't figure out what tongue was until I was like seven. And after that, I never ate on Tuesday night again, but um, it, I, I felt like, I felt like if I felt like I, even though I did not, you're saying, you know, that, you know, you know, that you know what you're doing, but I'm wondering, I wonder if you're kind of keeping the fear around on purpose because you, you feel like if you, if you relax and just say, look, I can do the same things I'm already doing. I can be just as careful as I'm already being without actually having that bad emotional reaction that you might actually, you might, you know, continue to make money and yet not ever have that gut ripping feeling that fear gives people. Can I jump in? You know, you know, Vina, I believe that first suggestion works for the second one because I can pay because I do make good money on my day job. Mm -hmm. I could cover those payments even when, you know, I'm waiting for that buyer to come. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, call, call me back in a year and tell me if it worked, because I'm guessing that you'll find something else to be afraid of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just, I just, I just, I feel like maybe this has been an ongoing issue in various parts of your life, maybe. And that right now it happens to be, it happens to be the anxiety over, am I going to be able to make the payments on this? next loan no it's only been real estate okay i could be wrong i'm used to month i think i'm used to bi-weekly paychecks someone pointed uh, that out to me you're used to having a stable income oh, so, real estate isn't so this is, is not a predict this is even bigger than I, I i don't want to make my next deal until i have reserves this is your 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 worrying out into the future for when you quit your job yes whoa yeah okay. good imagination portia <laughs> Steve, did you have another comment to make? Oh, do I? Yeah, I, I wanted to say, first of all, um, the, you know, just to kind of highlight what Vina was saying was there's always the, the, the uh, practical answer. In other words, like she described uh, a new way of, of dealing with getting investors that could certainly limit the anxiety because you've got much more flexibility about the terms. And secondly, looking at the emotion itself. And in the area, of course, you're the real estate expert, Vina, and I, uh, I, all I have to say about that first part uh, for you, Portia, is to say knowledge is power. You know, the more you know, the more you know about your options, the more you know about what happens if mm -hmm. this happens, or how do, I, how do I take a different tack, the less you'll have the anxiety because knowledge is power. And then the second part of it, which Vina was making mention of, which has to do with what you're doing with this fear and whether or not fear is really doing you any service, whether or not you feel at some level like you need the fear. And so for that, a very interesting thing to start saying to yourself is don't believe everything you think. Okay. <laughs> right? So you well, start dude. thinking all these negative thoughts. Well, you know what? That doesn't make them true. 
It's okay. just your imagination running wild. So I think that between uh, being a practical person and learning what you need to do and the best way to do it, and then learning how to manage your emotions, um, you're going to take this thing to the as far as you want to take it. And it sounds like, as Venus said, you sound like a smart person and a driven person. Uh, I, I have the best of hopes for you. Well, thank you so much, guys, and you have a blessed day. Me too. Thank, thank you, you, Portia. Bye-bye. All right. We need to uh, take a quick break. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I am your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Dr. Steve, Steve, good, Dr. Steve Taubman. From yeah, most of the time people screw up the last name. That's the first. <laughs> yeah, I just, um, my tongue got all tangled up there. Uh, Steve is an author. He's got his blog at stevetalman.com. And of course, he's going to be both the banquet presenter and the Sunday morning keynote speaker at the upcoming National Real Estate Strategy Summit, which you can still register for at wmkvfm.org. Now, Steve, I, I looked up after Portia's call and realized that we had spent like 20 minutes with her, um, <laughs> which is, I mean, which is great. I love it. I love it when, when folks call and especially when, you know, like Portia was very honest about uh, something that a lot of people don't, they don't, they don't talk about it in our business, which is, I have this fear and the fear is in some way holding me back. They want to blame the market. They want to blame the seller. They want to blame the lender. They want to, you know, blame yeah. all sorts of people. And in reality, it's probably, it's probably us most of the time, isn't it? Uh, it's almost always us. Uh, you know, certainly there are challenges, but to say that it's something other than us is like saying the reason I lost the game is because there was another team. <laughs> So right now, um, I noticed in all of your in all of your writings and blog posts and so on that you are um, you are kind of big into mindfulness into you know so something that something that I guess it's in the zeitgeist right now, right? We're seeing more and more. Yeah, I feel like the rest of the world is catching up with this because, you know, when we started talking about mindfulness, it was such a, it kind of fell in the category of uh, new age or, uh, or just, you know, sort of spiritual. Uh, and what's happened over the last 10 years is there's been an enormous amount of research on what happens to the brain neurologically uh, when people meditate. And what we've discovered is that we can actually increase the thickness of the cerebral cortex, that we can grow new neurons in the hippocampus, part of the brain, uh, and that we change the wiring of, of what's called the uh, prefrontal cortex so that we are less likely to take things personally and more likely to look at things objectively. And so we're less likely, that means, to blame others for our problems or to become emotional about things or to allow our emotions um, to influence our decisions. So there's a very strong body of evidence right now about mindfulness meditation and how it influences us in terms of productivity. And in fact, we know now that um, uh, that anybody, uh, of, if you take two people of equal education uh, and equal skill in a given area and one of them is using mindfulness meditation, they will always outperform the person who's not using it. Uh, and this is why, you know, Kobe Bryant and uh, Michael Jordan were trained by Phil Jackson and, you know, uh, to use mindfulness as a part of what made them better athletes. Mm -hmm. And in the work that we're doing now, 
uh, with um, you know the mental toughness program where we're going into companies and we're, we're teaching them uh, how to use the mental toughness principles. We're teaching uh, sales people and sales teams how to think like world-class athletes. And a lot of that has to do with mindfulness. And a lot of it has to do with learning how to discipline your brain mm-hmm. to work in a certain way rather than working in a sloppy way where your emotions get the better of you. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's precision, it's emotional intelligence, it's critical thinking. And these are qualities that world-class uh, investors possess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, uh, Steve, we're going we're gonna to try and go back to the phones and talk to Russell, who's calling from Connecticut. Russell, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Yes, how are you? I wanted to, to in order to, to, to add something about what, I, what was kind of, I believe, is holding me back. And I know you've touched on uh, the, in, in, the, um, in the past about uh, challenges with, with business partners and uh, also with um and so that's kind of past business partners are kind of holding me a little bit back as well as as uh with and I also mentioned about putting stuff behind like that might have happened that didn't yeah, uh, that is, caused you to lose money is um are the are the business partners like currently holding you back or did you have a bad experience with business partners and it is the emotional over hangover from the experience that's holding you back uh, the latter interesting and you know that and, yes and i know that and also and also my fear is inadvertently doing something when i find out later on was illegal hmm. okay 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 Let, let's take a deep breath <laughs> there, yeah. there, there is very little in that you can do in real estate that is illegal that's not obviously illegal right you can't okay you, you can't discriminate against people you can't right. you can't defraud people you can't say this is a five-bedroom house when it's only a three-bedroom house i mean the the stuff that you can do that's illegal right. is really is mostly very obvious the little subtle stuff that you sometimes hear at a seminar or something and you're like oh my god i had no idea that was illegal chances are it's something you would not have accidentally done anyway because it's like it's like complex sec stuff that only applies when you're raising 10 million dollars or something right so right so so um i think i think credit investor stuff exactly i think steve said something um really 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 important when when we were talking to porsche which was in real estate and in any other venture of this type it is your knowledge that and, and your and your willing your willingness to continually get knowledge because the law changes that yep. that that uh, protects you from that kind of risk and therefore from that kind of fear. But Steve, let's let's address this other thing because I've heard that before too. I had something happen to me in the past, and it's not that it's still going on; it's that just kind of the whole hangover and depression from it. Is, well, is, of course, uh, a big piece of this is is uh, learning how to discipline your mind through a series of exercises uh-huh. that if you come to the convention we'll talk about. Uh, we want you to start recognizing that any time that you're operating on a past experience, you're operating on delusion. It's not real. Right. right? The, the only thing that's real yeah. is now. The past is not real, right. and yet you're still bringing it forward. So it's like having PTSD. You know, you're reliving uh-huh. it. You're having flashbacks, so to speak. And so the question is, what do you do with your flashbacks? How do you, you know, how do you feel them, notice them, embrace them, move on, not let them take on any life of their own, not bring the story forward with you? 
And that's, that's right. The, and they're not giving that's meaning. Stuck right now. That's where you're stuck. Is understanding that this is hmm? um, it's a it's a holdover. It has to do with the past, and we need to move forward. Right. And and, and, and add GPS, that one. You know, do you, if you, I always think about yeah. how you, I get in the car and I go to drive somewhere, and sometimes I end up making a wrong turn, and the GPS will just hmm. reroute me from wherever I am. Yeah. It never says, you stupid idiot, you were supposed to turn right three blocks ago. <laughs> exactly. Right. And, I, and, so and I'll, I'll add now, to where that. Where do you want to yeah. go, and where you were before has right. no meaning here. Sure, sure. I was going to add that also, as, as I started becoming more stringent and clear on what I wanted, more and more of these these partners, particularly those who wanted, who are seeking money, and <laughs> would just walk away. Interesting. Huh. And it was kind of like, you know, said, <laughs> so you, my standards got more stringent. Yeah, so you, you set your boundaries and the people that you didn't want around you just went away by themselves. Yeah, kind of. It was like uh, like, <laughs> like when overseas, like those in, in uh, Korea, particularly in places like Korea, Japan, it's uh, where it's kind of a loss of faith to say no. People will say, well, I'll do this and put a whole grand list and then they'll just walk away on their own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So>. mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting thing. Funny how that happens, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Russell. Well, you keep I assume you remember CT Ria? Uh I have been I was I I I'm thinking about getting back uh, connected with them though they've they've gone in a direction where they've been marketing a lot of seminars. Okay. And, so what and it's I'm still the best it, it's still the best place to learn what's what the new laws are in Connecticut. Yep, that's true. Yeah, right. and that'll 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 keep your that'll keep your knowledge in that regard where it needs to be, and you won't have to be worried about that anymore. And you know, I think Steve's advice to kind of let let the past be the past in terms of what happened with those other folks is probably great advice. Yep, absolutely. And I'm also looking to for the for the convention as far forward to it, and I'm looking to uh, room with someone, so I'm trying to make arrangements there. Okay. Well, if you call, if you yeah, if you call Christy at our office, I know she's trying to put together people who want to do that. Although I think I think so far they're all girls, so. (laughs) (laughs) But we may have a male. We'll see. All right, Count. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Great. All right. Thank you. Thank you for your. (laughs) Thank you for your call, Russell. Well, uh, so Steve, we now have two minutes left in the show. So <laughs> what is the what is the most important question you wish I had asked you for the benefit of our listeners that I did not get to ask you? That's a that's an interesting way of asking. Uh, <laughs> I think you can hear and we've cut him off. <laughs> okay, so I yeah, keep practicing, Mike. <laughs> One of these days <laughs> you'll figure out how to push those buttons. Um so uh, I will wrap it up <laughs> by saying that, uh, of course, Steve has all sorts of other great things to share with us, and that is uh, what he's going to do at the National Real Estate Strategy Summit coming up next week. Goodness gracious, November 9th through 12th here in Cincinnati. Grab your ticket and get the details at wmkvfm.org. We'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.